is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Tuesday edition of Game Misconduct. I am Don LaGreca. Not only do we have a series in the Stanley Cup Final, we have a dead-even series at two after Nashville had a spectacular game last night uh, in a victory 4-1. to So they're dominant at home, right? 5-1 win, 4-1 win, outscoring the Penguins 9-2 to combined. And really the big difference between what's happened in games three and four and what happened in games one and two, to me, has been the play of Pecorine. And he was spectacular. Faced 23 uh, shots. I thought he was terrific on the Crosby semi-breakaway. The Gensel save is stuff of legend. So that's the difference. Because really, Nashville's been the better team. And when you look at the six periods played in Pittsburgh, you would have to say Nashville won at least four of them. But that's not how it works. And Rene did not have a spectacular game in either of those two. Nashville could not sustain those fits and starts that Pittsburgh would have at home and lost two games that Nashville probably played well enough to win. They just didn't get the goaltending. And now they got the goaltending. They're playing pretty much the same game. Murray's now blinked, and you have a completely different series. Now, the NHL is not about home ice advantage the way it is in the NBA, but Certainly the Predators, the way they've played, only one loss at home all these playoffs. There is something to the fact that going and playing in Nashville is exceptionally difficult to do. And that atmosphere, I mean, everybody's talking about it, has just been spectacular. And it did seem to carry the day in both games. 50,000 people outside, building up for grabs, catfish getting thrown on the ice, half the building standing for the entire game. I mean, it's really just been spectacular. So now the question becomes, and we'll preview this a little bit later in the week, of how it comes down to the series returning to Pittsburgh and does it stay form where the home team is going to win all of these games and Nashville is now going to have to steal a game on the road. Pittsburgh does not have to. Pittsburgh just can just win games five and seven on home ice and never have to win a game in Nashville. But Nashville is going to have to find a way to win a game in Pittsburgh. And you can win game sevens in the NHL on the road. We've seen that historically, but you'd like to avoid that. So Nashville, with all the momentum they have right now, with their goaltender playing at at a spectacular level, the game to get is the game Thursday. And now you kind of own the situation where Pittsburgh's facing elimination, having to go back to that house, that atmosphere. I think if Nashville's going to win this series, they may have to take game five. Now, I picked Nashville in seven because I believe that you can win a game seven on the road of the NHL. But the way things have looked now, it looks like it's a home series, and if that's the case, and Nashville's going to have to get that game on the road, it's going to be easier to get Game 5 than it is Game 7. So I'm not ruling anything out. These playoffs have been just unbelievable. Just ask Charles Barkley. I mean, how cool was that last night? I know it seems kind of front-runner. you got to realize something, hockey fans. If you're listening to the game misconduct, you're listening to this because you're a passionate hockey fan, and you know how great this sport is, and you know how fast this sport is, and you know how tremendous the playoffs are. But you also have to realize, and just look at the ratings, that it does not seem to translate to a huge number. I mean, if you get five, six million people watching in the NHL, you're happy with that. You're never going to get the the 14 to 15 million people that the NBA is going to get. It's just different. And, and I think everybody understands that. 
But I think a lot of diehard hockey fans roll their eyes the the attention that Charles Barkley got last night. And if you missed it, he interrupted the Wayne Gretzky press conference as the 84-85 Oilers were named the greatest team of all time. And we'll get into that in just a second. And Barkley comes in and asks a question to Wayne Gretzky, who's the greatest American, uh, African-American athlete. And he says, Grant Fuhr. And they laugh and... Everybody under the sun interviewed him. NBC had him on. The CBC had him on. He was on the NHL network. Charles Barkley is someone that is immensely popular. And the fact that he loves hockey is something that you're going to try to sell. And that's what this sport needs to do. It needs more of. So to the diehard fan, you roll your eyes and you feel it's unnecessary. But to the rest of the world, it seems to for lack of a better word, legitimize the sport that someone as famous as Charles Barkley goes on NHL shows on NBC to praise the sport. And let's also face it, too, it helps the league when he's also bashing the NBA and their product not being as good. So it does seem self-serving. It did seem a little weird that everybody was just running to Charles Oakley, uh, Charles Barkley, excuse me, not Charles Oakley, Charles Barkley as if he is someone that's just so needed Well, in a lot of ways he is, because it's moments like this that expose the sport to people that normally don't get a chance to see it, and then they see it, they watch it, they fall in love with it the way that we have, and then you can grow your audience. And and that's what you're looking to do in this sport. So diehards might have been a little aggravated by it, but you know what? It's what you have to do to be able to sell your sport. There's a lot of competition out there, and sometimes you got to do what you got to do. But, you know, Charles Oak, uh, Charles Bar- I keep trying to say Charles Oakley because of everything that was happening in New York, but Charles Barkley... Kind of made things fun last night. But what really made things fun was just the way that Pecorine played. And now if you're in Nashville, you look back and you say to yourself, boy, if we could have just gotten a little bit more out of Pecorine in games one or two, they might be up 3-1 in the series. Heck, they might have already swept the series. But you know what? you got to live with it. You're 2-2. you got all the momentum. And I think it's going to be very important to carry that momentum into game five because if Pittsburgh snatches it back away – Yes, you can get it back by returning on Sunday to Nashville for Game 6, but then you put yourself in that facing elimination must-win Game 7, which we'd all love to see, and I think it would be spectacular hockey to see. But even some of the pick Nashville in 7, the easier of the two to get on the road, I think Game 5, with all the momentum you have, rather than having to grab it back and then have to win in a Game 7 against a team that just knows how to win. And even though Nashville won that game 4-1, they got the empty netter with like three and a half minutes to go. It's amazing how Patrick Waz had such an influence on these teams, pulling goaltenders so early in the the third period of these games. I'm watching that third period. I actually tweeted it out. Boy, it looked like Nashville needed another goal because that's how Pittsburgh is. They get one, and they can carry the momentum to get another. They're never really out of a game. And even though they got squashed in these last two, be honest, if you are rooting for the Predators or just neutral like I am, just want to see good hockey, you know what that Pittsburgh team is capable of doing. And you know they can score goals in bunches. Just look back to the third period of Game 2, where a 1-1 game became a 4-1 game in less than six minutes. That's what Pittsburgh's able to do. So even if Nashville has a comfortable lead going to the third period, it's going to take a Rene save. It is going to take another goal, an insurance goal, to finally put this Pittsburgh Penguin team away. This team knows how to win. They've won Stanley Cups. You know, Crosby's won a gold medal. Crosby has won a World Cup of Hockey championship. He's won two Stanley Cups. I mean, he knows how to do it. Malkin knows how to do it. 
Murray just won a Stanley Cup last year. So even in 5-1 and 4-1 victories, there were still moments where you felt like Pittsburgh can get right back into this game. And at 3-1 in the third period, I was glued because I still thought that Pittsburgh could have a say. And the second Pittsburgh could make it a one-goal game at any second, they can tie the game and then take the lead. And that's something that I think everybody that's wearing an Asheville uniform understands and knows. But it's a Pecorine series now. He's back. He was the best goal trainer going into these playoffs. He obviously fell off the first two games, but he got it back, especially last night. And what also helps is the way Nashville plays – it's not like Rene faces a lot of shots anyway. So it, I don't think he has to be too overwhelmed. He's not going to be asked to stand on his head. He's going to have to make quality saves because Pittsburgh has the ability, to, because of their skilled players, to get quality opportunities. But it's not like he's going to have to face 40 shots. He is going to face between 23 and 26 shots, but he is going to face eight, nine bell-ringing opportunities where he is going to have to make the save. Didn't do it in games one and two did it in games three and four, and now we'll see. It's a best of three with two of those possible three games being in Pittsburgh. A little bit of a rest, so everybody that's banged up, you know, the Benitos of the world can start to feel maybe a little bit better because we're going to wait until Thursday for that game five. And then Sunday for game six, so you get a little bit of separation here, and I think that helps the quality of hockey. That helps all around the health. I know it's frustrating to sit there in so many days without being able to watch hockey, but I think it's for the best. Build up the momentum, get everybody healthy, better quality of play. I think potentially if there's three more games here are going to be great, and I think it's totally up for grabs. I, I don't know how other people feel, and, of course, you can tweet at me, at Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct. You can get in touch with me. We can talk more about it. Um. But I, I don't. I, I thought Nashville was going to win this series. I had Nashville at winning in seven. But right now, who do you like? And maybe it's Pittsburgh because they've got two more games at home. Maybe it's Nashville because they've got all the momentum. But I don't know. I think it's a toss-up, and I think that's fun. And I, and right now, as somebody again that does not have a dog in the fight. I know sometimes game misconduct sounds a little pro-Nashville because Nashville fell behind 2 nothing, and I so desperately wanted a great series. that I was rooting for Nashville to make it a series. But not having a dog in the fight, I just want a game seven. So, yes, if Nashville won game five, I would want Pittsburgh to win game six at Nashville so we can see a game seven. We haven't seen a game seven since 2011, and that game seven, if you remember, was a Boston blowout over Vancouver. I want to see game seven. I want to see overtime. I want to see this up for grabs, and right now that's exactly what we have. Uh, the other topic of conversation was announced before the game that the 84-85 Oilers, the greatest team of all time, was voted by the fans. So obviously there's going to be a lot of heart instead of head that goes into this. But if you look at Edmonton from that year, they weren't the best team. Philadelphia was the best team and had home ice advantage in that um, Stanley Cup final. But you saw Edmonton win in five. They lost the first game, but then went on to win the next four to win the series in five. And you just look at the players on this team. Two 70-goal scorers. Gretzky had 73 goals, 135 assists for 208 points. Led the Oilers. Yari Curry, 73 goals, 71 assist, 71 goals, excuse me. 64 assists for 135 points. Also, Coffey had 121 points. So three players with over 100 points. 
two players with over 70 goals. And then you look at the guys that are in the Hall of Fame, right? Wayne Gretzky, Yari Curry, Glenn Anderson, Paul Coffey, Mark Messier. Unbelievable. That's five Hall of Famers right there. And then you throw Grant Fuhr into the mix. That's six Hall of Famers. What an amazing hockey team. So there was a lot of good teams left off the list. Obviously, we didn't see any of those three Chicago teams be number one. We didn't see the 93-94 Rangers. Um, Again, it was a popularity contest, but I can't really complain. That 84-85 team, they had won the championship the year before against the Islanders, so they won back-to-back championships. Should have won a third, but the own goal in that series against Calgary in 86 cost the Oilers a chance to win three in a row and really cost them a chance to win five in a row because after they lost in 86 to Calgary, they came back and they won the Cup in 87, won the Cup in 88. So if they didn't have that stumble on the own goal by, um, uh, by Smith, then you're looking at a team that would have won five straight championships. So an unbelievable team, the Edmonton Oilers of 84-85. I don't think too many people can complain that they were voted the greatest Stanley Cup championship team of all time. Let's hear from you at Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct. The 411 tweets, Rene has played amazing at home and not good on the road in this series. Which Rene would you expect to show up for game five. Interestingly enough, Hockey 411, I thought he played poorly in game two against Anaheim, if you remember, in the conference final, and that game was also on the road. So there seems to be a tendency that he's much better at home. And of course, the fact that they've only lost one game at home this entire playoffs tells you he's been a better home goaltender than a road goaltender. It's going to be tough. And I can understand a Pittsburgh fan or somebody that's picked Pittsburgh to win because of the fact those two games are at home. So we'll see. He's got all the momentum. He's playing off of two great games. Again, I think the game to get is game five, uh, and we'll see if they can get it. And then can you just imagine how up for grabs Nashville will be on Sunday if the Cup's in the house, which it will be because it's game six. Somebody's going to be up three games to two, but the Cup in the house with the chance of the home team winning it. Boy, the atmosphere has been tremendous, and that's what Nicholas wants to talk about. Amazing to see the atmosphere in Nashville in the building and outside in the streets. It's a true hockey town. Well, we'll see where it goes when the team's not very good, but I've been to Nashville the last couple of years calling regular season games for the Rangers. The building's full. The atmosphere is tremendous. And this is where people fall in love with the sport, right? So if somebody's being exposed to this run, they might buy tickets for next year. They might continue to follow the team. And this is a young enough team that I think the Nashville could be pretty good for a while. I mean, hockey doesn't lend to that kind of dominance. Pittsburgh's trying to become the first team since the Red Wings in 97-98 to win back-to-back Cups. But just how vital it is to be able – it's one thing to have a hockey town in Detroit. It's one thing to have a hockey town in Philadelphia, which is a great sports town. It's one thing to have a hockey town in Minnesota, where hockey's been played there even outside the NHL for 100 years. But to have a hockey hotbed be Nashville, Tennessee, what a great selling point for the NHL. Sam Diaz says, a few days ago I tweeted that the finals was too big for Rene. Now I wipe egg off of my face. Great series so far. I never thought that Rene was in over his head. I just think that, hey, give, give Pittsburgh credit. They're a quality team, and sometimes you get into a little bit of a rut as a goaltender. But it was a fair assessment, Sam, because he had never played at that level before. He's never played in a conference final before this year. But you saw at home, and you would think there'd be even more pressure not wanting to let those fans down. And if you remember in Game 3, they did give up the first goal. But he, he let's not forget, going in to that conference final series 
against Anaheim, he had a 935 save percentage against some pretty good offensive teams in Chicago and St. Louis. He's a really good goaltender. Uh, Yehuda says, do you think the 93-94 Rangers deserve to be the top team, the top 10 team? I was a little surprised they weren't a top 10 team. They had won a President's Trophy. Uh, They had Hall of Famers on that team with Mark Messier and Brian Leach both being in the Hall of Fame. Um, some really great players on the team outside of the Hall of Famers, like Alexei Kovalev, like Sergei Zuboff, like Mike Richter and Adam Graves. Tremendous team. I was a little surprised they didn't make the top ten. Probably more surprised just because the Rangers are a popular team and have a huge fan base, and I thought maybe they would have gotten more votes. But if you really want by the technicality of it, maybe what did hurt, and E.J. Raddick brought this up yesterday, that they had to go seven with the Devils, and they had to go seven with Vancouver. Um, I was also surprised we didn't see more love out of the 88-89 Calgary Flames, but it was, it, was a, it was a fun exercise for sure. I wouldn't get too crazy about it, but I do think it was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, guy says, fun hockey. Rene was superb. Best of three now. By the way, Barkley was great with Wayne Gretzky in between periods with Mike and Liam. Yeah, and Charles Barkley is one of those guys, as I mentioned before earlier in the podcast, that everybody knows who Charles Barkley is. And for him to praise your sport and him to be there, you know, it was just, it was just really a genius move. Uh, Sebastian says, with 11 different game-winning goals scores in 14 playoff wins, Forsberg leads team with nine goals but doesn't have one. Depth. I, but they do need Forsberg to play better. He did have the empty net goal last night, which I thought was uh, just a huge sigh of relief. You can just feel how I think a weight was lifted because at 3-1 I still felt, even with three and a half minutes to go, that Pittsburgh was still very much alive. I didn't really feel that game was over until the Forsberg empty netter. But Forsberg needs to play a little bit better. I think he's been the one guy that's been somewhat missing and probably has been more affected by the loss of Ryan Johansson than probably anybody on the team. But a lot of guys needed to show up. The defense needed to show up with Subban and Yoshi, and they certainly did in these last two games. And uh, where would this team be without Goudreau? I mean, this isn't Johnny hockey. It's Freddie hockey. Uh, If you're going to win a Stanley Cup, you're going to need guys that you didn't really circle or you really didn't know much about. You look at what Gensel's done in Pittsburgh. I mean, who knew outside of Pittsburgh that this guy was going to have this kind of an impact? And Allberg's had some big goals for Nashville. And, you know, as I mentioned, uh, Goudreau's had some big goals for Nashville. So, that Nashville does not have the star power of a Crosby, of a Malkin, but they certainly do have some depth. They're very well coached. I think they play a tremendous team game, and they found a way to not only make this a series, but maybe potentially making it an absolute classic. So we get a little bit of a reprieve here. We will not have a game until Thursday, and that will be back in Pittsburgh. And I'm sure those fans in Pittsburgh – getting a little tired of hearing how great the atmosphere is in Nashville. So I'm sure they're going to want to put their stamp on things in Pittsburgh. They've got a tremendous fan base. That's a great hockey town as well. So not that they had to step up their game, but maybe it'll be even louder and crazier in Pittsburgh because of what they got the chance to witness and have Nashville do for games three and four. So I think it's going to be a tremendously engaging game five. We will come back for game misconduct. We'll take a day off tomorrow. We'll come back on Thursday, the day of Game 5. We'll get a guest. I'll try to get somebody on from Pittsburgh to kind of break the game down in a little bit more totality because that is going to be an absolutely huge game on Thursday. 
So we'll take a break tomorrow, come back on Thursday with a guest, gives you a chance to get your questions, get your comments, at Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct. We'll pile them up over the next couple of days, and we'll fire them off coming up on Thursday. And then we'll close out the week on Friday, recapping Game 5 and previewing Game 6. So we'll have a game misconduct on Thursday and Friday, none tomorrow. Take a bit of a break. Again, at Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct. You can follow us on the Apple Podcast. You can follow us on the ESPN app, and don't forget to subscribe because what you could do when you subscribe is that you'll get alerts when we have a new one because we're not going to do it every day when the season is over, but we're going to do it when major news happens. We'll probably do a preview of the draft with a couple of guests, but since we're not going to have it every single day in the off season, if you subscribe to it, well, then you'll be alerted when we have a new one up. So that's a good way to kind of keep engaged with game misconduct during the offseason. And if you're not following during the offseason, if something breaks, you'll know I'll have a chance to break it down with some guests and some different um, pop culture elements to it as well. So make sure that you subscribe so you don't miss out on some quality game misconduct. So this was fun, fun game last night. We'll uh, take a break tomorrow, come back on Thursday to give more of an in-depth preview on what we got happening for Game 5 in Pittsburgh. The best of seven Stanley Cup final is even at two games apiece. I'm Don LaGreca. This was the Tuesday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.